You're listening to a podcast from West Pines Community Church. This is our first ever town hall meeting where we will be discussing our vision for the next five years. Listen and enjoy. Well, good evening. It's going to be a cool night. We're excited about what's going to happen tonight. We're so excited that you guys came out in the middle of the week to share this night with us. Uh, My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. This is Vince. He's one of our elders. And we just have some exciting things to share with you you tonight. There's some things on your chairs that you'll find interesting. One, I'm sure you haven't figured out what it is yet, but it's a cell phone stand. Ah, see there? I've heard all kinds of interesting things about what it might be, but it is a cell phone stand that you can prominently display on your desk. So we have some really cool things that we want to share with you tonight. You know, I have the privilege of serving on this elder team with four uh, very gifted, very godly men, men who love the Lord Jesus Christ, Uh, Matt, Roby, Bill Gruntler, Julio Sanchez. Uh, And for us, it's a very exciting night tonight because it represents, it's the culmination of over a year's worth of, uh, of planning, meetings, debates, reading, research, prayer, and fasting. And so we think we've got some cool things to share with you tonight. Um, but one of the things I want to let you know is that you can be, uh, be sure that you're attending a church where our primary focus is to reach out to a lost and dying world, a dying world that needs to hear the message that Jesus Christ came into the world to save men and women from their sins. Rescue 119 is a tool, it's a strategy that we're using to accomplish that. So once again, thank you for coming out in the middle of your week. You came out tonight. We appreciate that. Uh, and on behalf of the other elders, I just want to say thank you for allowing us to serve on this team, and we're glad you're here. Yeah. So tonight's going to look a little bit different. Yeah, we can give Vince a hand. <laughs> tonight's going to look a little bit different. It's felt a little bit like a worship service so far, but the rest of it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to share with you some details. Over the last four weeks, we've talked about a vision for what God has called us to do. As Vince said, it's been a year that we've, we've talked over and, and prayed and, and fasted over what that looks like. And tonight we're going to share with you some more level of detail, some things that specifically we feel like God's leading us to do. So you're gonna, it's going to feel a little bit different, but I think it'll be interesting for you to see some of, those, some of that strategy that's going to be behind what we've taught over the last four weeks. We've talked about words that are hard to say, like mathetes. I think we need to practice, so everybody say it after me. Mathetes. Very good. We've talked about rescued, we've talked about being awestruck, we've talked about being mobilized. We've talked about some things, some of them are easy to understand, some are a little bit more of a stretch. So as we were talking this week and planning the service, we thought, you know, what's what's a group of people that we could get together that could help describe these concepts? So we went out and found a panel of experts that can help us describe what these four words mean, mathetes, rescued, awestruck, and mobilized. So we prepared a little video that I think will help you as you discern what those words mean. So we're going to take, have you take a look at this video right now. Can who here can spell mathetase? Me. How do you spell mathetase? Uh, I don't know. Of Jesus is in all or nothing situation. A mathetate is a, a follower. A mathetate has been rescued. Rescued! Jesus rescues us. Jesus is one of 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 us.
Lord Jesus. Kids are are gifted dancers is one thing. I don't know why we waste our time with four weeks describing that. I could just show that video and uh, called it a day. You know that was great. We uh, love our kids. Hey, thank you so much for being here tonight. This is really gonna. We're gonna have some fun tonight talking through things. It's gonna look different than you know. We usually gather together on Sunday mornings and take the time to dig into the Bible. We're gonna have a devotional in a little bit, but um, this is gonna look a little bit different tonight. Going through some some the logistics, the culmination of a lot of these things. How are we gonna do these things? Become mathetes or rescued, awestruck, immobilized to make mathetes. We're gonna talk about a lot of those things. So excited! It's gonna look a little bit different tonight. But um, let me just begin with a word of prayer, and then we're gonna start by uh, talking through some of these logistics. Let me just pray for us. Lord, we just say we are your church. We are your church, God. We are just following. We want to follow your vision, and we want to do it your way. And so, God, I just ask that everything we talk about tonight, Lord, I just, we've, we've given it to you, and we just ask that it would be yours. Lord, we love you, and I just pray that you would bless your church. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you would go ahead and turn into your booklet, it's, we're going to be looking at the part five. There's some notes there. You guys didn't bring your booklets? We, we told you about this. There's one, there's one person like, I brought my booklet. I don't know about these people, but I brought it. Okay, some of you brought your booklets. You're obedient. The rest of you, just shame on you. Wow, we've already had a fail. Okay, um, if you don't have your booklet, um, <clears throat> don't pull out your phone and take notes because I'll think you're text messaging. Um, if you don't have your booklet, uh, here's, find something to take some notes on. But here's what we want to talk about. We're talking about tonight strategy. Last four weeks, we've been talking about vision. Tonight, we are talking about strategy. Now, it's very important that we understand and we talk about the difference between those two things. Vision is the full-color HD picture of what God is making us to be. That's the goal, the end result. Vision is when we say, God, who are you making us to be? What are we going to look like down the road? He paints that picture, and he, and he shares with us so, in, in varying degrees. He shares with us what his vision is for our church. That's the goal. Strategy is a little bit different. Strategy is us working hard, prayerfully seeking counsel, seeking the Lord as to how we're going to get to that vision. It's the way we're going to get there. Now, here's the big difference between vision and strategy. Strategy, we can do, we can accomplish all the parts of our strategy, but still not have achieved the vision. This is a very important distinction. Let me give you an example. Let's say you've got a team that is playing in a championship game. And this team says, all right, we are, our goal so like our vision, our goal is to win the championship. And so they say, all right, so here's our strategy. We've got to put pressure on the quarterback. We've got to establish a run game. Okay, if we're down on the half yard line, we're going to run it into the end zone and not throw it into the end zone. <laughs> Just some strategic points. Okay, 
there's certain strategy that they have. Now, a championship, the team in the championship, they may say, all right, here's our strategy. We've got the things lined up. They may do all the strategic points, but still might not win the game. Here's our vision. God is calling us to, and it's not rocket science, really. It's really the last words Jesus said. He said, okay, mathetes, go make more mathetes. That's our vision. That is what we're striving to become. All of these logistics, the strategy, these things we're going to talk about tonight, this is us being faithful before the Lord and in our worship, working as hard as we can, saying, okay, God, we're going to be as strategic, as planned as possible to get there. And, and these, are, these are not our goals, but this is our strategy for how we're going to be there. I want to share with you um, three initiatives Three major big picture initiatives tonight, and then there's going to be a way that we're going to respond together. Before we do that, I want to just share a couple really exciting updates with you before I start sharing those, those initiatives. And really, there's some just exciting things. I just really is not really a venue for us to share these exciting things, and we just wanted to share with you some of these things uh, tonight. Um, in the last couple of months, there have been some people that have just stepped up at, at another level and just God has prompted them to really just dig in, serve, give of their time, give of their resources, and God's just done some really awesome things. For example, um, those of you who brought your booklets, all five of you who brought your booklets, um, those of you who brought your booklets, you know that um, that has been, I don't know about you, that's been a tremendous blessing to, uh, as we've been going through, even uh, to me, to us, as we've been going through that. Do you know that there was a designer that goes to our church that did the entire layout of that booklet for free, and then there was some printers who printed all of those booklets at no charge to the church. So those booklets that you have that has been a blessing to your life, to your family, to your community group, is because some people stepped up, used their gifts, and, and gave, um, gave uh, generously and sacrificially to their church. A couple other things I just wanted you to know about. Um, you may have noticed in the last couple months, uh, we've been changing up things on our stage design. There have been people, you see this pallet wall back here, you've got all this wood pallet. Um, all of this is done because our team went out and found those pieces of pallet wood and spent, and spent hours, these volunteers sending hours, nailing those up. There's actually companies that say, we will, you pay us, we'll come and do that. And we're like, we got this. <laughs> hours into it, we're like, what was the number of that company again? We might want to give them a call. There were people that have, have come and poured into that. You even see some of the lighting changes over the last year. Those lighting changes were things that people have donated to the church, giving above and beyond. Um, that resource center, you maybe a couple weeks ago went and saw the resource center we unveiled that we're still developing, adding some resources back there to make available to you. That was, there's a team that came together to design it, and they came together and said, you know what, we're just going to fund that and put that, that in place. That was all funded by people saying above and beyond what they're already given. That was done. In fact, I don't know if you went back there and you saw there is a ginormous television ginormous television. That is actually someone who works uh, with Disney and the local Disney stores learned that they were getting rid of that television and they said, hey, does the church want this television? And um, we're like, yes, we want the television. Like, okay, we just need someone to pick it up. So we send two guys over there and they go and they see the television and didn't realize that it weighs about 250 pounds. Lugged that up onto a truck and they drove a scooter to go get it. It was just a t <laughs> terrible call. Um, they loaded that up. The guys risked their lives hoisting that thing up. 
And um, so just, it's just been awesome watching how God has been just in the last couple months prompting people to step up, serve their church, give generously to the church. And that's just some updates. Here's some things that are going to be coming up in the next couple months that are very exciting. And again, this is from people stepping up and just say, man, God put it on my heart to give above and beyond what we regularly give. Uh, there's some people that stepped up to give. And if you notice over the last couple of years, we've been tar- targeting certain parts of our facility to renovate. Uh, high on our agenda was we want to make sure we've renovated our student space and our kids space as we're investing in our children. That's such a priority. And one of the last spaces that we haven't really gotten a chance to renovate yet since we moved in is this auditorium. And so in the next couple months, because of some people's gener- sacrificial generosity, you will see in the next uh, couple months, this uh, auditorium is going to be uh, renovated. Um, there's there's uh, some people that have been giving to help fund some uh, changes, some uh, upgrades in our student ministry and in our kids' ministry. Uh, where are our kids' ministry volunteers? Let's see, let's see some hands. You got champions, you guys. Love you guys. I don't... I don't know if you've been back there um, and seen the mayhem of how many kids we have coming to our kids' ministry here recently. Um, One of the things we're going to be doing is, especially in the yard, we're going to be uh, renovating that area, creating more space because God keeps bringing young families and kids that go home and say that we've had families tell us, my kid wakes me up on Sunday morning saying, Mom, we're going to church, right? Of course, yes, I was planning on it. I'm just still in bed because I forgot. Um, We're definitely planning on it. And so those are some things coming up. In fact, uh, you'll see out there, there's a silent auction out there. You'll hear a little bit more about that later. All the proceeds from that silent auction, those are all things done by artists in our church, just right outside those doors in the hall. Um, Just commemorative pieces inspired by this series. All the proceeds from that go to renovating our kids and our student space. And uh, one more thing you'll see coming up, just some updates. Another exciting thing you'll see coming up, again, prompted by some of the generosity of uh, people in our church, just God placing it on our our heart. Um, Aside from someone getting a personal invite to come to West Pines, the second way most people end up at West Pines, and they're people who are looking for something spiritually and God just draws them to search online for a church or someone who's like here, doesn't have a church home, the second most common way is through our website. It's like the giant invite card of our church. And the last time we changed that platform was in 2006 and we have a great team that keeps that fresh and updated. And uh, over the next couple months, we're going to be changing that up, making it even more strategic for people to be able to find out about West Pines who need a church home or need to hear the gospel. And so those are some uh, really exciting things. And just wanted you to know ways people have been stepping up to pour into your church, into our church in a way that are blessing us. So, So a couple cool updates. But let me just share with you some of the major initiatives that are going to be coming up. And um, if you have a a pen, paper, if you have your booklet or a place to take notes, I want you to write down this first major initiative. And this is in reaction to our calling. We're called to make mathetes. Um, What are three attributes of being a mathetes? They're rescued, they're awestruck, and they're mobilized. And so here's the first major initiative strategically that we're going to do. First of all is we want it to be contagious at West Pines. We want it to be contagious at our church to be a mathetes. I don't know if you um, get, if this happens at your house, but every time I come home and I open the mail, pretty much every single time, 
there's either one of those of various home magazines filled with coupons or there's something filled with all the different kinds of things that can happen that your home should look like. Does anyone get those kind of magazines in the mail? About one every day? Um, and so you know, every now and then I'll be like, oh, this is interesting. I'll just be sitting on my couch. I'll be looking through and I'll be like, look at that closet. That's inc- my closet doesn't look, my closet should look like that. I'll be flipping through and be like, that guy's got a pool with a fountain. I mean, that's incredible. And, and I kind of look through that and I just want you to think about South Florida culture for a second. There's all kinds of things, catalogs that come into our home, commercials that bombard us through the media, things that we see, people around us that we watch, and it's all influencing us about what our lives are supposed to look like. Constantly influencing us. But what we are wanting to create, we want to desperately create at West Pines is a community that's influencing each other. It's influencing each other to be, to, to be sold out in an all-or-nothing situation to be math days. So we want this where we're starting to learn, hey, what are you doing in your family? Well, you know, we, we have this day that we set aside once a month, and we, you know, at, at dinner time we pray for missionaries, and we watch a missionary movie together, or whatever it is. Or, man, tell me about how you took your kids on a mission trip, and, and what happened. Or we're in community group, and we're stirring each other up influencing each other to be math days. We want those who are part of this community that it is just contagious to be here. So that's our big picture strategy. Let me give you a couple of these initiatives. Uh, under that initiative, a couple things that we're going to be doing. Of course, you know about the Resource Center. It's over there. It's, it's going to have resources for you to go and say, look, I need a, uh, man, I, I need something to learn how to be a better husband. The first thing I feel like I need to do is, if I'm being a math is I want to be faithful in my marriage. Well, now hopefully you have a resources available that you can go look at. You say, look, I just I've never really dug into the Bible, and I want to be able to dig in the Bible, but help me. Where do I start? Now you have resources at your disposal. Um, when you came in in the hall, did you all see the vision wall that's right there in the hall? Did you guys see that? The vision wall there, those are fixtures in our church, and that's another way we hope that becoming a mathetase becomes contagious. All along that wall, it's got, it will have information for you to, for people to know, okay, I want to be rescued, but what does that mean? Well, here's an information on how to be baptized. All right, I, I want to be awestruck, and I want to stir that up. Well, here's information about men's ministry or women's ministry or community groups. Or I want to be mobilized. Well, here's information on going on a mission trip or how to get in, in a group that's doing a local service project. So those are some of the things that we're doing. And one of the, one of the new things that we're going to be rolling out in the next uh, couple months that we're really excited about is we're going to be rolling out a Mathetase blog. So here's what this is going to look like. Some of you, do you have any people that read, have any bloggers in here? Some of you guys do bloggers. Um, we have three, okay. Some of you guys do uh, blogs. Here's what this is for. Um, this is a regular information that's coming out. It's available to you. It's going to be things like devotionals. It's going to be things like, hey, here's a resource in the resource center that we recommend. This talks about this. We want to highlight that. You're like, oh, okay, great. This will be a great story of someone in our church who's taking steps to be a mathetase or a video of someone getting baptized. It's just a blog. We just want to constantly have this information stirring us up as mathetase. We want it to be contagious if you're at West Pines at our church. Contagious to be a mathetase. Here's the next big picture initiative that we're going to be doing. Um, we want to equip the rescued to rescue. We want to equip the rescued to rescue. If you're coming to West Pines, if West Pines is your church home, we want to flip that switch in each of our lives where we say, you know what, I'm a missionary. 
to South Florida. I am, I'm not just a guy who goes to church and, and is a businessman. I, I am a missionary. This is my mission field. We want to equip the rescued to rescue. A couple of ways we're going to do that. Of course, you know about mission trips. Um, we're going to continue to have mission trips. We're going to be talking a little bit more about this um, a little bit later, but we want to continue to do more of that, make those available. I mean, imagine if most of our teenagers had been able to go on a mission trip before they leave high school and gain that perspective. Imagine how impacting that would be. We're going to be talking about um, that a little bit more tonight, and of course, that's going to continue to be a main theme. Another thing is, we want to give you as many tools as we can possibly think up to equip you to invite your friends and family to, to a, find a home church and to hear the gospel. Uh, when you came in, we gave you, uh, you found on your chair, you found a pen, you found some bracelets, you found um, all, all kinds of things there. We're going to, we've got T-shirts that we have made from time to time at West Pines. We're going to continue to give you invites to pass out. We're going to give you as many tools as we can think up to equip you to invite people um, to come be a part of a church and find a church home and hear the gospel. Um, the last part of this is um, our, our community groups, our men's ministry, and women's ministry. Um, we're going to continue to develop the, the serving component of those ministries. I'll never forget... The first mission, the first uh, local service project we ever did in our uh, community group, this is several years ago now, the group that Rebecca and I were in was on a Sunday night, and I remember uh, the community group leader announced, hey guys, in three weeks, we're going to go paint a, a building at one of the local ministries we partner with, four kids of South Florida, we're going to go paint one of their buildings. And everyone, no one wanted to say it, but everyone's like, Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, great. I'm so looking forward to that. And uh, came out one Saturday morning. We all loaded up, and um, we're trying to have a happy face, and we go, and we start painting, and I will never forget the next community group meeting. We started up, we opened in prayer, and then we went around and did uh, what, if you're in a community group, you know what this is. We do a uh, high-low, where you share the high part of your week and the low part of your week. And we went around, and every single person who had gone on that, gone, they just painted, said that was their high of the week. And almost every single one of them said, I got to be honest, I really was not looking forward to it. But that was the highest part of my week. And what we, we've learned as a, as a church is what ha- that dynamic that happens when we serve together, that accomplishes relationally what like 10 community group parties could accomplish. What that does to stir us up in our passion for God, I mean, there's there's such an important component of us serving together. So here's what we want. Imagine community groups that meet all all over in this area, all over, and they begin not to just do a service project and check it off the list. But imagine they start doing a service project where they find an organization or they find where they're building a relationship with that organization and they're serving regularly. They're serving regularly where they've got this relationship and they're representing West Pines to the point that we've got groups all over serving, men's ministry serving over here, women's ministry with their serving opportunities, community groups serving all over so that the city gets to a point as the groups continue to multiply where the city, if we just disappeared, there would be a hole there in the city. So one of the initiatives in what we want to do is to equip the rescued to rescue is continue to develop that service component of our groups and of our, our, the various options for community. All right, now there's one, there's a third initiative 
that we want to take some time and share. But this is the biggest, most audacious part of our, of our plan for the next five years. And so I, I want to give you some background to this. I want to give you some uh, projections, some logistics. I want to talk some numbers with you. If you know West Pines, you know if I endeavor to talk to you about numbers, we are all in trouble. So I am going to invite out our local math superhero, Math Mathburn. Would you welcome him out to the stage, Matt, Matt, Math Mathburn, to share with us some numbers? This is fun. This is fun, Matt. It's like uh, Batman and Robin. I call Batman. Really? <laughs> or like Regis and Kathy Lee. I call, I call Regis. Regis. Oh, okay, jeez. <sighs> Thanks for that, Matt. If you need that, Matt, Did you, you can have it. Did you talk about Disney without me out here? I did not talk about Disney. We're not talking about Disney. I heard something about Disney. If it was up to Matt, we would open an Orlando Disney campus, and he would go be the the pastor there. That was up to him. Okay. We're talking numbers, Matt. It's your second favorite topic to talk about. Okay. Um, This is how this conversation um, started. We want to talk about what the next five years look like. And for this last initiative, we need to give you some background and share logistically how this is going to work. So I want to tell you what the next five years are going to look like. But before we do that, we've got to backtrack a little bit and look at the last five years. And so we're going to talk about what God has done as far from a strategic standpoint, how God has grown us as a church from a numerical standpoint, and want you to, to see that how that has happened, that trend, so you can understand where we're going in the future. So Matt, why don't you just share a little bit of what the last five years have looked like? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, as we do church, we're busy, we have a lot going on, and sometimes we get a little caught up in our bubble and and we think, you know, hey, things are really going great, things are going good, but we don't really know how well they're going, you know. So about a year ago, we were at at a, like a church growth conference, and there were some experts in talking about churches and how they grow and what does that look like, and and the, the main guy that was speaking said, you know, uh, the definition of a, a growing church is a church that grows 3 to 5% a year. And I was like, okay, so we fall into that category. So as I came back and started looking at some of the numbers, I'm like, wow, this is interesting because if that's the definition, then we really have to look at where we're going. And I was having a conversation as we started to talk about some of the things that are coming up. I was having a conversation with another person who spends time with multiple churches. And he said, so tell me a little bit about West Pines. How are you guys doing? And I began to share with him how we've been doing and what the last five years have looked like. And he's like, he's like you, you, mean, you mean that's how much you've grown over five years? And I said, no, that's how much we've grown each of the last, that's an average of each of the last five years. And he goes, I mean, this is what I do. And he goes, I don't, I never hear that. He goes, you realize what, what you have going on here is something special. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, we kind of knew that, but... <laughs> You know, how special is it? So as I began to really look, I looked back and I said, you know what? We've grown over the last five years by an average of 20% per year, which is fantastic. But that means if we continue to grow at those numbers, what is that going to look like? So I sat down with Ropey and I'm like, hey, you know, I just had this interesting meeting and, you know, I shared our numbers, which we think are good, you know. With this, with this guy, and he was like kind of blown away, and we saw like, okay, well, what did that look like in the next few years? And we started doing those calculations, and it just became like, wow, this is, this is a really cool thing God's doing, and it's kind of cool that he's let us be a part of it, you know? It's cool to see him bring our church to a place, and, and just 
you know, it, it's fun to see. It's always fun to see success, but there's a humility. It's a humbling part of just being a part of that. To say, you know what, God let me come along for that. You know, to be a part of what's going on here. So it's been a cool time of really discovery and looking at what's happening here at West Pines. Yeah, and you know, what the scripture talks about is that we plant in water. This is one of the verses in 1 Corinthians. We plant in water. That's what we do together. But God gives the growth. In Acts, it talks about, and the Lord added to their number daily. And so this is a, these are praises to God. I mean, this is nothing that, that uh, any of us here have done. This is something God has been doing. And um, to give you, from another angle, um, about five years, five years ago, we moved into this facility. And um, I'll never forget, we were sitting at Matt's dining room table as an elder team, and um, moving into this facility was going to be a stretch because the rent was going to graduate every year for five years. And so we were like, all right, we're like, okay, we think we can do that first year. We definitely can't do that fifth year. That is just crazy. And so we were like, okay, Matt, help us think through this strategically. Where would we have to be at in five years? In 2015, Matt, January 2015, where would we be, have to be at numerically compared with where we were then? Where would we have to be at numerically to, in order to sustain, to barely sustain um, this increase? And he said, well, we've got to be at 500 people by January of 2015. And we all sat there, and I don't remember, how, what were our numbers at that time? We were running about uh, 175, 180, close to 200. And so we said, man, 500. We're like, man, that's a stretch. You know, what, I mean, it, can we do that? And, we're, and then all of a sudden we looked at each other like, wait a minute. And God's called us to reach this community. I mean, of course we got to take steps of faith like that. And so we dug in, we took a step of faith, and this past January, um, we had a, because of, us as a church working together, inviting lost souls, we um, had the biggest non-event Sunday we ever had this past January. We, had, we broke 900 this past January in 2015. Awesome thing that God has done. Now, again, remember, we're just talking strategy here. We're called to make mathetase. Numbers does not equal mathetase. It's also something we do celebrate. We see numbers celebrated in Scripture. We see that God's doing that. And so that's exciting. But we're talking strategy. We want to be, the point of the reason we're talking this is because we want to be prepared. It's part of us being faithful, be prepared for what God is doing. So we started saying, all right, if God continues for us to continue to see lost people coming, finding finding him and people who don't have a church home finding, if we continue to grow like that, let's be prepared. What are we talking about? And so we began to then project out the next five years and say, if we continue to grow at that pace, what is it going to look like five years from now? Why don't you share some of those numbers? That was cool because I said, Roby said, well, you know, give me an idea what that will look like in five years. And I said, well, to be fair, you know, it's going to be hard to sustain that pace, but let's do a conservative estimate and see where we'll be. And as we're going through that and talking through that, you know, in the year 2020, or, yeah, 2020, we'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,000 to 2,500 people, which, it, yeah, that's a cool, cool number. But it, it just kind of, it, it kind of blows you away a little bit because as, as far away as that 500 sounded, you know, five years ago, and as we thought through, not only was that going on, but we were planting a church at the same time. So we were about to send off 30 or 40 people to do that, those kind of numbers are just, they're kind of mind-boggling. And then as we start to break down, what do those numbers look like? Well, how many kids does that mean we'll have on the weekend? That means we'll have like 350 kids on the weekend? Sandy just passed out somewhere. Yeah, I think Sandy, he said that. And he's passed out somewhere. 
That means we'll have 250 students on the weekend. Justin just passed out. He realized that the amount of students we have for Waffle Wednesday, he's going to have every weekend. Yeah, that's right. Um, But it just, you start to think of those numbers and you start to realize, wow, we've got to really figure out our part of what God's doing here because God's doing something really cool and we want to try to keep up if we can. So it was just really cool to look at that. Yeah, and that, that's not our, again, that's not our goal. That's us being faithful to prepare for that. God could bring, I mean, God could have every human being in North America show up here on Sunday. If he wanted to, he could do that, okay? He could have 7 billion people, like people flying in to come to West Miami. He could I do just passed whatever. Out. <laughs> Matt just passed out. He could do whatever he wants. What we're just simply saying is in faith, okay, God, we're going to be faithful and prepare for, for uh, what you want to do. But there's some other numbers that fall into more of the goal category because they're a little more specifically tied in to, uh, to us making math And So let me throw out a couple other numbers that we're saying. We want to prepare for this strategically. Um, if, we have, if we have those kind of numbers, then what we want to see is, a, is 50 community groups. Now imagine that, 50 community groups all over South Florida serving each other and serving consistently all throughout South Florida. That's a tremendous impact. 50 community groups. We're thinking, um, think about this. This is one of the most exciting numbers. Our goal is that by that fifth year, we have 200 people that year going on a mission trip. 200 people going on a mission trip. Here's the way I like to think about it. We're tithing a group out, going out on mission trips. Think that that's like 10 to 12 mission trips that year that we're growing into. That's exciting to think about. Um, And another one that we want to see is over the next five years, uh, a goal, if these are the, this is the projection God's taking us on, then this is our goal. We want to see 400 people over the next five years baptized. How exciting would that be? It's at the end of five years, see 400 people that have been rescued and publicly declared that. Here's an, an exci- exciting um, just an update. In 2014, and we had been starting to think about these things and starting to really, remember we started doing baptism celebrations in 2014. We saw 83 people get baptized here at our church last year. How incredible is that? An awesome thing that God has been doing. What our, what our goal is, is that we are all together saying, all right, let's get the lost to hear the gospel and let's see them get rescued and declare that publicly. So those are uh, some of the numbers. But this brought us to... Another strategic question. Okay, if those are where we're projecting, that's what we want to be prepared for, to do our part and be faithful and prepare for that. Wow, what does that, those numbers, what do they look like in this warehouse? What does that actually look like? So I said, okay, we decided to calculate another number. We're like, okay, Matt and I remember we were sitting in the office. We had the whiteboard going. I said, okay, let's scrap all that. Let's work backwards, Matt. What would that look like in this facility to be running that between 2,000 to 2,500 people in this facility? Tell us what that, paint that picture for us. So Roby said to me, he goes, how many people can we have on the weekend? You know, what can that look like? And I said, well, to be honest, I mean, I mean, you can do service every day if you want, but there's only a few good service times, you know, so you can really get away with doing maybe two on Saturday night, probably do three on Saturday morning. You could do one on Sunday night, but that's really it. You really can't, there's really not any other good service times. We could do service at 11 o'clock Monday morning, but nobody really comes except the staff. Um, so 
there's really only six good service times. And the hard part is you don't, everybody doesn't just divide equally. You know, most people come to Sunday morning. It's traditionally the best service time. And then some people like times better than others. So you can't divide them equally. So as we started to break down the numbers and say, if we did those six services and they filled up at a level that we would expect them to break down to, what would that number look like? And the number that came out was a little over 2,000. So it's interesting, we took two different approaches to figure out what the next five years would look like, and we realized that if God continued to do what he was doing, we'd be somewhere over 2,000. The facility he gave us for now will hold a little over 2,000 on a weekend. So as we started to really break that down, it was like, okay, that means we're going to outgrow this place. And I'll be honest, we moved in here. If you look at the pictures from the first service, (laughs) I was worried we'd never fill it once. Mm -hmm. You know, it was huge. This place was enormous for us. And we thought, wow, so we we might actually outgrow this facility. So that brought us to uh, a question. That means that um, for our part to be prepared, that means that God will be bringing us to a decision in towards the end of the next five years. So we've gotten a ton of questions. What does Rescue 119 stand for? What does the 119 stand for? The 11, oh, it's not even up there anymore. They changed that on us. I was going to point to it. I have <laughs> no object lesson to point at. Okay. The 119 stands for, uh, stands for January 2019. Because in January 2019, we're going to be faithfully rescue, going out and rescuing. But in January 2019, we will, we will be at a little bit of a crossroads. And so what we believe is that God wants us to be building and strategizing these next four years. And in that fifth year, we will be transitioning into a new facility. This is one of the most audacious parts that we believe. This is one of those things that we believe we're going to try to attempt that is absolutely impossible unless God shows up and steps in and makes it happen. So what we want to do, this is something that has been on our hearts for you. We've been praying about where is, where's the location that you're taking us to. This is the third big initiative that we are going to be praying, 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 praying about over the next couple years, planning for, preparing for over the next couple years. And I want, we want to share with you what has been, I mean, I mean, probably almost a decade, these are things that have been bouncing around our mind. And this particular um, idea for a location, we've been praying about strategically for our church. So what we want to do is kind of share with you about that, about that location, the vision for that future location. We want to share it with you through this video. So check out this video. What we feel called to do is to answer that call of Jesus, that mission he sent us on, to become Mathetes and to make more Mathetes. And so like Christians have done all throughout history is they've worked their very hardest to figure out how can we, in the context we're in, in the culture we're in, make more Mathetes? How can we make more people who say, I am all in, all or nothing following Jesus? So it's up to us to prayerfully consider how can we be as strategic as possible to make more mathetes. So in in our context, that's what we do. We get our leaders together and we plan and we think, okay, what's the most strategic way we can make mathetes? So we think about things like this. When people show up at a church, what what they want to know is, am I welcome here? Does God even want me here? So we have people in the parking lot, welcoming them. They've got a smiling face. They're 
welcoming people to church, just people that are opening the door for people, making sure they get coffee, helping them find a seat, welcoming them in the lobby. And one of the first most strategic things is people walk in the door and it helps them realize, okay, man, maybe I am welcome here. Maybe God does want me here. And we think through, okay, in our context, you know, we're not here to perpetuate a tradition or a religion. We're here for us to become mathetes and followers of Christ. And so we try and say, how can we get music that is modern, that communicates to our ears what it looks like to be a follower of Christ or, or stir up in us an awe for who God is? In our kids' ministry, what does it look like to teach these children how much Jesus loves them and that he's calling them to follow after him? Our students, how can we help them understand that God is calling them to an incredible adventure in following him and that he wants them to give up their their lives their future and say Jesus I'm following you no matter what that means that's what we want to do we want to make math a taste whether it's meeting in a community group and discussing what the passage says and how it applies in each one of our lives and serving each other in a community group serving together as a community group our men's ministry get together our men get together our, our women get together and they stir each other up pushing each other to be be followers of Jesus. So everything we do, we're trying to figure out how can we as a church most strategically make mathetes. And that not only includes the ministries that we have, but it even includes the location, includes where we meet. And so what became evident to us is, okay, over the next couple years, we believe God is preparing us to move to another location so that we can strategically continue to make mathetes in South Florida. So as we've prayed about it, we've thought, okay, what would be the most strategic place to make mathetes? Think about South Florida for a second. South Florida is one of the most strategic locations in all of North America. South Florida, Dade and Broward County, Miami and Fort Lauderdale, it, it's a gateway into Latin America, into the Caribbean. It's a gateway to the Southwestern Hemisphere. If we can impact South Florida, we're having an exponential impact on, on a major portion of the world. And so we began to dialogue, okay, if you're gonna be anywhere in South Florida, strategically impact South Florida, where would you be? Well, you'd be right, somewhere right on the boundary between Dade and Broward County. And you'd be on a major north and south artery. And we realized there may not be a more strategic place in all of South Florida to have a church than on 75. Not just off 75, but visible as a beacon of hope to the cars that drive by there every single day, right there on 75. Realize that could be one of the most strategic places in all of South Florida to, for a church to be centrally located. And if it's one of the most strategic places in South Florida, then it's one of the most strategic places in the Western Hemisphere. God's vision for our church is to make mathetes. Our role is to figure out how we can be the most strategic 
in reaching the most souls and seeing them rescued by Jesus Christ. Every single day, 500,000 cars drive along I-75 at the Dade and Broward County line. Imagine the possibilities if God placed a church that would stop at nothing to see souls rescued by Jesus Christ, right there visible as a beacon of hope to this community. The missionary pioneer Hudson Taylor said this, in every great work of God, there are three stages. First, it's impossible. Then it's difficult. And then it's done. For, uh, for years as a leadership, we've dreamed about, man, what, we believe everything that was said there. We don't think that's an exaggeration at all. We think South Florida is one of the most strategic places in the world. And God's called everyone in this room to be a missionary in South Florida. So if we, can, if we together can influence South Florida, we could have a strategic influence on a major portion of the world. So what's one of the most strategic places? Right there on 75, not just off 75, visible on 75. And like I said in that video, do you realize a half million cars drive by South Florida right there in the Dade Broward line, right under Miramar Parkway, a half million cars a day drive along there. And what if there was a church that was a beacon of hope. That was, that, that was a group of people that was saying, we will go out there and we will do whatever it takes, Lord. We are going to go out there and bring the souls to come and find you, to see souls be rescued. Here's what, we, uh, here's what, what happened five years ago. is was um, 2009, and we were in uh, a cafeteria. And all of a sudden... Um, we, the cafeteria, overnight, they called us like on a Tuesday, and they said, uh, we are going to be raising your rent by 60%, effective immediately. And we're like, okay, all right. And we said, we realized through praying through a couple other instances, we realized, okay, God, you're doing something. You are calling us. We can tell you're moving us to a new location. So we began praying. We actually called a monthly. We said first season we're going to have a monthly a church prayer meeting. And one of the key things was what's the new location. And I, I wish I had time to go into the whole story. But us being in here is literally a miracle. We literally found out for sure. The number of times Matt went down to do some negotiations and said, nah, it's not going to work out. I mean, over and over and over again. And literally at noon on Christmas Eve, 2009, we found out that we were going to be in, the, in here. That night, we told our people. And then three weeks later, we were here. It was just an act of God. And so here's what we believe God is doing now. We believe he's saying, hey, church, there's, there's a, a new move coming on, but you need to start preparing now. It's not just going to be six months. You need to start preparing now to, to have the impact that I'm calling you to make. So here's Rescue 119, the five-year plan between now and the next five years. So these four years, we're going to be rescuing. We're going to be preparing knowing that in that fifth year is going to be a year of transition. And what we, are, what we feel like God's calling us to do is something so crazy, God would have to do that. And so we are going to be faithfully praying for that to happen. Here, here's the, the bottom line. Our, our third initiative, I almost forgot to tell you what third initiative was. Then you'd be mad at me. Your OCD types would pull me aside. Um, third initiative is this. We want to be a beacon of hope for South Florida. We want to be a beacon of hope for South Florida. 
I just want you to think about this. I think that heartbeat of West Pines that just draws us all here is that we're all saying, you know what? We just want the real thing. I just read in the Bible and I see what it says and I, I just want to be a part of something that says, we're, we're the 2015, trying to be the 2015 version of that. Just the all in Jesus, we're following you no matter what, that we just want the real thing. And imagine what God can do if we say, God, just, we surrender, just send us, use us. Imagine what could happen. Imagine what he could do. So here, here's where I want to, we're going to move towards tonight. I, I want to just share a, a short devotional with you. And I want to just answer this question. Okay, what now? What do we do? How can we, what, some of you may be saying, okay, all right, I'm, I'm here. I got you. Tell me what to do. This is what I want to talk. We're going to make a big ask tonight. We're going to ask you for a, a big level of commitment tonight. And here's what I want, to, I want to look at. If you would open up with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Here's what I, I want to just read this, this passage together. It's, it's in your uh, booklet. It's also going to be up here on the screens. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. You can see this is the last part of Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. This is what he says. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Do you get the, the basics in there? He's telling them how to operate together. How to work together. A lot of the word one, the phrase one another is in there a lot. He's telling them how to operate together. I mean, and really what he's describing here is they're they're like a, a unit, they're like a family, they're committed to each other. I don't know if you can remember back to what it's like. Maybe if you got married, you can remember back what it was like to kind of enter into someone else's family. I will never forget um, as I was getting adjusted to now being a brother-in-law, son-in-law in uh, Rebecca's family. Rebecca comes from the Ferguson family, and I was now in the Ferguson family. Some things you should know about the Ferguson family. Rebecca is uh, the youngest of four. She's got two older brothers. They are both um, wrestling coaches and football coaches. I don't see why that's so funny to you. Um, (laughs) They're both football and wrestling coaches, um, needless to say, they don't have much use for a junior varsity soccer player, okay? They don't have much respect for that. Actually, her older sister might be the one I'm afraid of, afraid of the most, okay? Um, so this is her family. I love Rebecca's family. They, they uh, live in, in Maryland. We go visit them, but I'll never forget the first Christmas uh, I went up and joined the family for Christmas, and they explained one of their traditions, and Rebecca was explaining that the Fergusons, um, right after Christmas Day, it was like the, the 26th, they do a family run. And I said, a, a what? They said, we do a family run. I'm like, okay, like to the kitchen to get more food? I mean, what are you talking about? They, she said, no, no, we run four miles together as a family. I'm thinking to myself, okay, the Barnes family, here's our goals, the family I grew up in. We set goals for like how much food you consume at that time of year, how long you can stay stationary in a couch, like we time that, does, does it take in the shape of your body in the cushion, okay? 
her family, they go for a run. In fact, they have t-shirts. The Ferguson family run. Now, I, you can imagine Ferguson family fun run. You can imagine, okay, this is my first time in the family. You know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to sit on the sideline, okay? I'm going to do this run, and, and I'm going I'm to be like at least like fourth, okay? I'm not coming in last, all right? Adjusting to a family is, there's things about a family that you adjust to. Now, I want you to notice one of the weird details in this verse that we just read. Did you notice he's like, reconcile with one another, love one another, greet each other with a holy kiss? What? So one of our new initiatives is going to be, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's a, there's a single guy that's being like, after church, hey, it's in the Bible. I'm just saying. Preacher said it. Okay, no, I want you to know this about this random detail in the, in the scripture. This is actually, it's not just written to the Corinthians. It's written to several other churches. The same phrase, greet each other with a holy kiss. It's not just Paul that says it. It's many of these different writers. They talk about the church greeting each other with a holy kiss. It was this, and you're like, okay, but was that like cultural at that time? You know, did they, you know, did they kind of greet each other by kissing each other on the cheek? I mean, is that kind of culture? Actually, it was not really that cultural then. This was something that you would only do if you were like very close, if you were like a family member. Some of you have moved down to South Florida and you're from other parts of the country and you see people come in, they're all kissing each other on the cheek and you're like, look, a handshake where I come from is just fine. You know, in fact, I might just wave and back away slowly, okay? But in this culture, it was part of the Christian church culture throughout the world to greet each other with a kiss on the cheek, now, why am I bringing this up? I, I want you to see, it's not, that's not like a literal cultural command that we have to do. I want you to see what that's saying about what the church is supposed to be. In that culture, that would be something you'd do with a family member. This is how they treated each other. This group, when these churches came together, when these people, they, they were, there was a, a level of, of home, of, of um, community there that they didn't find other places. This is, in this time in, in history, a lot of these people had gotten kicked out of their families to be a part of this church. A lot of times they were huddling together because they might be persecuted, they might, they might be, later in history, they might be executed. They were huddling together, leaning on each other. There's a level of commitment they had to each other that is expressed in this funny little detail that you see all throughout the New Testament. Now, why do I bring that up? You know, there's a couple different views of what church is supposed to be like. And, and on one level, it's kind of this um, attendance view, and it's kind of like, okay, you know, as I'm growing, I, I went... You know, I used to go twice a year, you know, and now I'm trying to go a little bit more, and I'm just going to go as often as I can. Okay, there's the attendance view. Then there's another group of person that says, oh, no, 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 I, I go to church, you know, regularly. In fact, you know, that, that's an important thing. And, and in this view, it, it's kind of like, okay, when I move into an area, I, I've got to find several things. I've got to find the, the school that my kids go to. I've got to, you know, we're going to find the Publix that we shop at. We're going to find the restaurant we go to. Oh, yeah, there's a Flanagan's. Okay, that'll be our restaurant. You know, we're going to find uh, the movie theater that we go to, the gym. What gym are we going to work at? Well, you got that gym over here and this gym over here. And we've got to find those. And we've got to find the church that we attend. And kind of that view of church 
is that it's like a vendor. I have the things that give my kids education. I've got the places I go to shop for food. I've got the place that I work out, and I have the place that I worship. But that's not what this is describing. This is describing a community that's like, this is my home base. This is the people that, these are the people that are going to speak into my life. This is my, these are my brothers and my sisters. These are the people I'm leaning on. These are the people that are speaking into my kids' lives. These are the people that my kids are going to grow up with. This is where they're going to find their friendships. These are the people that I'm going to rely on when I'm going through a hard time. These are the people that I'm going to go to. There's, there's this place, and I, I think is a place that we grow to in our maturity, where we understand what this is supposed to be. It's not just a place that dispenses truths from the Bible. It's a place where we come together and we say, this is my home. This is my home base. This is a place that my family is committed to, my, that we're accountable to each other. This is, this is my family. So here's the, the, the push that we're wanting to make. There's several different ways that churches address this and, and come up with a tool. Okay, how can we communicate what church is going to be like to our culture? There are some churches that have what's called a membership. They have a membership at, at their church. People say, they, there's membership classes. They say, I am a member of that church. And membership is not commanded in Scripture, but it's a tool that is used for, to communicate what is the church supposed to be. It's a place where I belong. It's a place that, that when I hear the vision, it's not just their vision and I'll try and help them out. No, it's on my shoulders too. So we were thinking, okay, there's different tools out there. What is the tool we feel God calling us as a church? And honestly, this has been a discussion that we've been having in our leadership for years. And so here's what we believe. We think God is calling uh, us as a church to have a way for us to say, I'm in. This is my home. That vision, it's not just your vision that I like. It's my vision for my life. It's on my shoulders. It, this is a place that my family's going to grow up, grow up in. This is a place that I'm bringing my family under for accountability. This is a place that if I don't show up, I'm missed. This is not just a place where I come and I, I get some spiritual truths. No, this is the place that this is what I belong in. So what we, did, what we, we prayerfully discussed, talked, sought advice, and we decided what we want to do is create a covenant that we make together. It's not membership. It's a covenant that we're going to make. It's, it's a group of us that say, I am committed to, as Jesus said, I, Jesus called us to make mathetase, and I'm saying, I want to be a mathetase, and I want to grow in this community and, and help each other become a mathetase and help us go out and make mathetase. So what we, what we are wanting to ask you tonight is to join us in covenant to be a mathetase. We've put together a covenant that said, okay, what does it look like to say I'm in? What does it look like to say I am striving together with my brothers and sisters here to say I want to be a mathetase? And what we're going to challenge you tonight is to, is to sign that covenant if you feel comfortable tonight and say I'm in. This is my home. This is, this is where my family belongs. This is my home base. So here, here's, here's what this is not. This is not it. This is what this is not. Um, like we said, we, it's not a math, this is not a membership. We, we believe God has called us to make mathetase, so we're using that word. This is mathetase. This is us committing to be a mathetase. We're not changing our governmental structure. We're not going to create a bunch of committees that vote on things. We, same structure, still an elder-led structure. Students, if you're here, 
Here's what we believe. We believe God is wanting to make you a mathetes as well. Do you know that most of Jesus' disciples, like James, John, Andrew's students, they were your age when Jesus was walking with them. And so here's what I'm going to ask you now. I want you, we're in a few minutes, we're going to pass out these mathetes. And students, if you're here, I want you to look at this. I want you to pray through this. And uh, tonight... I want you just to look at this and pray through this because Pastor Justin is preparing, he's specifically in the fall going to take the students through this. He's tailoring something for you as students. For the rest of us tonight, I want you to look through this, uh, this Mathetes Covenant. We're going to go through it together. And some of you might be saying, look, man, I've been waiting for an opportunity to say I'm in. And some of you may be ready to do that tonight. Others of you may be saying, you know what, I, I need some time to pray about it. Either way, I want to go through this tonight. So I'm going to invite um, our leadership, our staff, um, leadership to come forward, and they're going to be passing these out. I want you to take a, um, a look at this covenant, and I want to just go through this together. And here's the big ask. Maybe you're saying today, I can look at that, and maybe you're going to say, I can come forward, and I can sign that together tonight. They're going to be, if you get those, um, just pass them down along the way. Um, don't hog them. You're not supposed to get all five of them. You're supposed to pass them down the aisle. This is what this group, if, you're, if you tonight are looking at this group and you're saying, all right, I'm signing up. I want to be a mathetase. I'm signing this covenant. This is a group that will, from time to time, this will be a group we'll pull together, probably in meetings like this from time to time, maybe annually, pull in our mathetase group together. We'll communicate strategically to you. If you're saying, I'm in, this is a group you're saying, this is my home church. This is where I belong. You will be a group that we pull together for strategic, at strategic moments like this. I want to read through this together. Let's just start here at the beginning. I'm just going to read this out loud. This is what it says. Jesus charged his mathetes, his followers, with a mission to go through the world to make mathetes. As a church, each of us as individuals, as families, and together as a community, we intend to give our lives in answer to that call. It's not a small endeavor to be a mathetes of Jesus. In fact, he warned us to count the cost Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And anyone who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Truly, being a mathetes is an all or nothing situation. A mathetes cannot survive alone. God intended for this to happen within a community that stirs up this commitment in each other. We are all parts of this body so we make this covenant together may god make us into mathetes that will stop at nothing to see a world rescued by jesus here's what we're committing to first i commit to striving to become a mathetes within this community of mathetes you'll see along the way there's scriptures i encourage you that's for you to look up and to continue your study if you if you desire after tonight Second one says, I understand and agree with the primary doctrines of my church. Let me just pause on that for a second. Um, We actually have our doctrines written out, 
And this is something if you're joining, if you're saying I'm I'm in, you want to know what the doctrines are of your church and specifically the primary doctrines. And um, if you'd like to see those in more detail, I'll be happy to provide them for you. But let me just basically tell you what the primary doctrines. For us, it's important. The main thing is the main thing. What are our primary doctrines? That God, as in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, looked down on this world that He loved and saw that we were hopelessly lost. And God the Father sent His Son Jesus Christ. To save us, he's our only hope. And Jesus, who was the Son of God in the flesh, died on the cross. And he died on the cross, to, intending to die on the cross to pay for our sins. And we believe on the third day he rose again from the dead, having completed the payment of our sin. We believe that in faith we respond to that and that is our only salvation. We believe that God has called, this, called us together as a church to, to baptize those who put their, make a declaration of faith. And we believe that the Bible is the inerrant and infallible truth that explains who God is and his plan for salvation. Anything after that is secondary. Those are primary doctrines. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Third thing on here. I commit to following and supporting the vision, strategy, and leadership of my church, knowing they are not perfect, but I know God intends to work through them. For those of us who are signing this tonight, and by the way, I'm holding my, my signed copy. This is for all of us together to link arms and sign. What we're saying is, man, my family is being, every one of us are saying we're going to be, account, be held accountable to, to God's church, to our church. Let's keep going. Rescued. I have put my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe he is the son of God who came to earth to die on the cross to pay for my sins and that he rose again from the dead. I have been, the second one, I have been or commit to being baptized to publicly declare my faith. If you're signing this tonight, you're saying, I'm in, I want to be a mathetase, I'm signing the covenant, here's what you're saying. Either you've been baptized as an expression of your faith, or you're saying, you know what, Uh, maybe I was baptized, my parents had me baptized when I was a child, and not taking anything away from that, but I, I intend, I want to be baptized myself to express my faith. You're saying either you have been baptized as an explanation, a, a, a declaration of your faith, or you're intending to. And in fact, if that's you, you're like, look, I've been wanting to do that. Good news, you can sign up tonight, 22nd, we're going to have a big baptism celebration. And maybe tonight you say, I'm signing it because the 22nd I'm getting baptized. Here's, let's keep going. I commit to perpetually stirring up awe for the awesome almighty God. And do that through two ways. First is personal prayer and study of God's word. Not as a chore, but as a way to connect to my creator. Second thing, to gather regularly to worship with the church. Saying, you know what, I'm committing to being a, a mathetase. I'm in. It's saying, okay, there's, I've got to stir up all. And one of those ways is God's designed it for us to need each other to stir this up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to being here regularly because I know that I need that. Last thing under awestruck, I commit to living a godly life driven by my awe for, my, for our creator whose ways are perfect. Under mobilized, I commit to praying for God's mission to rescue the world, especially how he is at work in my family and in my church. Secondly, I commit to inviting people to church and boldly sharing my faith as God provides the opportunity. Thirdly, I commit to finding a way to serve in my church as a way to further God's work to save the community he has placed me in. 
Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, look, I want to sign this, but I haven't found a place to serve. Then maybe tonight you sign it and uh, you, you, tonight you find a way to serve. You get uh, one of the inserts to figure out how to serve. You can find out more information um, from any one of us staff. Also at the Vision Wall, you can find information on how to serve. And here's why. It's not like, hey, if you're going to sign up, you should probably volunteer somewhere. That's not what it is. You're saying, I'm part of a group that's reaching out into this world to see them rescued. I want to be part of that vision, part of that mission. I'm going to find a place to serve. Um, Next, it says, I commit to living in community with other believers, community groups, women's ministry, men's ministry, for example, in order to serve them and serve with them. I commit, and lastly, I commit to financially giving faithfully, knowing that all that God has given me is first for his purposes. Maybe for you tonight, that's a step. Maybe for you tonight, you're saying, okay, look, I'm in. I want to be a mathetase, but you know what? I, I, I've got to realize if God's called me all or nothing, that's got to reflect every area of my life. It's got to reflect my resources, my time, and it's got to reflect my finances. And maybe for some of you, you're saying, look, if I'm going to be committed to the mission that God's called this church, maybe for some of you saying, okay, I need to take that step. And usually we break that down into a couple categories. For some, it's saying, okay, I need to start giving regularly. I give here or there. But you know what? I'm going to set aside prayerfully before God and start giving regularly. Some say, okay, I've been giving regularly, but I need to start praying proportionately what I'm giving. You know, 100% of every cent we own is God's. And he guides us how he wants us to use that. Maybe we prayerfully say, okay, God, what percentage this year do you want to go towards your work at my church? Maybe thirdly, some of you are saying, okay, I'm giving proportionally, but I need to take another step forward and start giving sacrificially. And maybe, and that's where God's kind of pushing you. Say, all right, I want to be part of this vision, of this mission, and I want to start giving sacrificially. This is what we want to do as a church. We, We want to say, you know what, man, it's like we talked about on Sunday. It's not a game. There's lost people that we know. Lost people that we love. There's hurting people that we know and hurting people that we love. And and we all have this inner desire for that do it or die trying moment. That that calling on our life that, man, when we get to the end of our life, this life matters. Here's what I want. I, at the end of my life, I I don't want to just say I attended a church or I worked at a church. I want to say at the end of my life when I stand before Jesus Christ, who I'm going to spend my eternity with, I want to say it's not just that I attended a church. We were part of a movement. We were part of an incredible work of God that God did in a very lost part of the world. And so here's what we're challenged. Here's the challenge for tonight. Tonight the challenge is to say, I'm in. I'm ready. I'm not just saying, okay, I'm saying, man, this is my home base. This is my family. That vision, man, that's on my shoulders to pray it, pray for it, and to make it happen. I'm in. I commit. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and invite the um, elders and and, um, elders' wives. They're going to be at each of these tables. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you a moment. We're just going to turn on some music. It's going to be a prayerful moment. And just take a moment and consider. Remember, count the cost. Some of you are sitting there right now, and you're like, pfft. I've been waiting for this opportunity. I'm in. Tell me where to sign. And some of you, if you're ready, then here's what I'm going to invite you to do. I'm going to invite you to come down here. There's uh, there's pens. You can come down here. You're going to sign this. You're going to leave it there. You say, I'm in. I'm a mathetase here at my church. 
And we're going to, as you leave, we're going to give you a, a copy of this to take with you. We're going to give you so, some things as you go back so you can say, okay, I'm in. Then we're going to close in a song. Others of you need to say, you know what, I just need to stop. I'm going to read back over this, and I'm going to take a minute to just make sure that I know what I'm doing. And then, and then yeah, I'm in. I'm going to sign tonight. Some of you are saying, you know what, I... I I need some time to think through this. There's a couple things on here that I'm going to honor the, the gravity of this, and I'm going to take a few minutes, and really, I need to process, take some time before God. I need to take this home and pray about it. Man, I totally respect that. But some of you are saying, look, this is a no-brainer for me. I'm ready to do this. So we're going to take a few minutes now. There's no pressure. It's just between you and God. And take some minutes. We're going to turn on some, some music, and if you're saying, I'm in, I'm ready to sign, then when you're ready, just come on forward. Everyone's just going to be quietly in a prayerful moment, just with music going in the background, just a quiet moment. And if you're ready, just kind of sneak up here, sign it, and leave that there. If you have any questions, we've got elders and elders' wives. There's two tables in the back as well. There's, two, there's tables up here. And if you're ready, if you have any questions, you can pull them aside. But we're going to just take a pr- quiet and prayerful moment together as a church. So let's begin that time now. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or would like to talk about becoming a Mathetase at West Pines, please email us at podcast at westpines.org or you can call us at 954-432-0321.